0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Kingdom Capitalist Show. Very, very special episode. We actually have two guests on uh, the show today and two business veterans. Um, I'm really, really looking forward to sitting down, kind of unveiling the story of um, Aspen Funds, which is the name of their company. But just also, um, I have two guys who are marketplace leaders who really do love um, the mission and the ministry of the marketplace and so we're going to be talking about their family business and the, the mission that they're out to solve and just how God has brought them together so without further ado let me introduce Jim Mafushio and Bob Frey welcome to the show guys great oh, to be nice. here hey so um, there's so much I want to get into and I know that as soon as I open up the gates we're not going to stop so before we do can I just pray for us and then we Please. can get to the show um, all right. Let me let me just say a quick prayer, God. We, we give you thanks for today and we give you thanks for this podcast just to be able to meet together and and be able to, to talk about your redeeming and redemptive love that we see um, all over, but that we especially see um, even in in these men in their business. And I pray that it might be of encouragement to our audience today, uh, really inspiring them to to really worship you through their work. And so I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. So, guys, I, we're going to get into your story, but let's just talk real quick. Um, and, and Jim, why don't why don't you take this one? Um, just tell us real quick what is your current business, so we can learn a little bit about Aspen and what you guys are doing now. And then we're going to get the backstory and then kind of get into the 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 larger story of Aspen a little bit later on.
1: Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So Bob and I are the co-founders and co-owners of a company, Aspen Funds, and what we are is that we're really an, we're an alternative investment provider, but specifically, we, uh, we manage mortgage funds, distressed mortgage funds. So the opportunity grew out of the mortgage crisis in 2008. There was a whole lot of wreckage there and a lot of uh, non-performing, what they called toxic assets on the bank's books. So what we do in a nutshell is we go in and we buy these, uh, these broken loans, these non-performing loans, at a pretty deep discount, and then we work with—we have a whole team—and uh, and we work with the borrowers to try to come to a win-win resolution where they are able to stay in their home at an affordable payment structure, and we're able to make really awesome returns for our investors. So we're really uh, we're really serving people on two ends of the two ends of the business—the the, the the consumer or the person in the home. And, uh, and then also our investors that we are responsible to. So that's yeah. kind of the short version.
0: Yeah, I love it. No, I love your product, I love what you guys are doing. Really, I think it's gonna be um, even talking about this and alternative investment, really like bringing ideas like this to our show. Um, so I'm excited for our listeners to be able to hear what you're doing there and be able to learn more about your company. So, um, but let's, I wanna focus on you guys and then we will get into Aspen uh, because I have, I have two men here who really do love the Lord and they love the marketplace. And so I wanna go back, and really my question really simply, guys, is why the marketplace? Is that where you started? I know we talked kind of pre-show a little bit about your stories, um, but was the marketplace and your faith always something that was there from the beginning that you knew you wanted to be a marketplace leader, or how did God kind of form you into what we would call a kingdom capitalist? Bob, if you wanna maybe start and telling your stories, I think you did come out of the ministry world and then, Jim, I know you've, you've said you've always been in the marketplace. So, um, Bob, why don't you start?
2: Well, I I really had no concept of, of anything. I was a I grew up in California as an atheist, so I was kind of a preaching atheist and ended up, you know, a long story, but ended up getting radically saved while I was a student at UC Berkeley. And, and I don't know how I got it in my head, I knew that if you were really going to, do anything for God. It had to be either it had to be a pastor or a full-time missionary. I, I don't know how I knew that, but no one told me that. It was just, I knew that pretty much everybody else was a compromiser, you know, and so I was pretty hardcore, you know, and and needless to say, I don't believe that anymore, but, you know, some people, it is in the podcast, that like, gosh, that guy's at the lunch. Well, I sure was, you know, but I was hardcore, and so I literally went to my my, my pastor of the, of the church I would just been introduced to, and I said, I'm quitting school. And I literally had one quarter left to go before I graduate. I'm in the top of my class in computer science at UC Berkeley, and I have one quarter to go, and I told him I'm quitting school. And he said, well, why would you do that? And I said, because God doesn't care about computers. So I'm gonna go be radical, and I'm gonna go preach, and I'm gonna go, and literally, so while, while everybody was doing finals, I was off on a missions trip and I negotiated with all my professors. said, Hey, I'm not going to be here for finals. Like, you know, so they gave me projects. I did them. And while everybody's graduating, I'm out, you know, on campus in Australia. And, uh, I come back and my parents said, did you graduate? And I said, I think so. You know, and they (laughs) said, where's your diploma? I said, that's probably up there somewhere. You can go get it if you want it. I literally could not care less. I was going to be a pastor. Ended up getting my wish and became a, Senior pastor of a 35 member campus church. You know, I thought, boy, this is you know hog heaven here for me, and um, I, I was that was all I wanted to do. That was it, and uh, ended up getting fired from that. So you know, I I'm unique. I have a I have a you know, I'm at my first my first disaster there. I ended up getting getting fired from being a pastor. I didn't know that was even possible, but it is, and uh, so I got fired and. Uh, ended up getting a job and, and I loved it. I loved the workplace. And, um, uh, so I kind of backed into it. And at one point, a guy pointed me at a church meeting and said, you're going to be a pastor of a business. And, you know, to some people that would be really cool to me, that was like a slap in the face. That was like, you know, cause I thought business was worthless. I thought it was, it was meaningless and worthless. It had no kingdom value. And, um, Ended up, they, they literally, they gave me a tape of what this guy said. I take it home. I tell my wife and I throw the tape in the trash in front of her. And I said, I'm not going to be a pastor of business. I'm going to be a real pastor. You know, don't put that garbage on me. Well, so, I mean, I was, is, I was like, God made an example of me. Mm. and then, then, then everything shifted when a few years later, I moved to Kansas City and I started a business. And I'd always had kind of an entrepreneurial itch. And I started, had a business idea and I started it. Well, it became a big deal. Ended up raising $44 million in venture capital. Ended up, you know, starting in my attic with my, with my sister-in-law. Ended up having 300 employees. And then God began to move in the business. And all of a sudden, it's like my eyes were open. Like, wait a minute. This mm. is where the kingdom happens. This is mm. actually the front lines of the kingdom. This is where the kingdom of God expands or contracts right here with these people every day. And we had a little move of God that happened in this place, right? You know, I say in a scale of one to 10, you know, it was a 1.5. It wasn't, you know, people weren't falling over and, you know, building shaking and fire coming. It wasn't anything like that. It, but it was people where there was worship meeting started, there was prayer meeting started, people were sharing their faith. It was a lot of kind of just open talk about God and all this stuff. And I was blown away. And after that, I, I really got a heart for the marketplace because I thought, well, this is where the people are, number yeah. one. This is, this is actually, this is, this is where mission activity is taking place right here, right? This is where you can be a light and, and shine the light or not. This is yeah. where you can bring the heart of God in. And so I fell in love with it. And it's interesting that
0: your business was ten times bigger than your first church, too, right? You're- <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's really true. I mean, and the truth is, I love business. I love business. I love scaling business. I I love I love making money. I love just serving people. I love I love everything about it. And and it is where people build their futures. You know, yeah. people people go to church for you know one hour or two hours a week. You know, and but they go to work 40 hours a week. This is this is where human beings live. And this is where people are discipled. I can't tell you how many young people I've discipled in my business to, to be to be to be kingdom people and and have good character and winners. It happens in the marketplace, right? And uh, this is this is where people launch their careers. Um, it, it's where you can you can you show the values of God, right?
0: Yeah, which which I love, and I love like you because you've had both worlds—the ministry—and now you're in business, and you can see. And because that's, I think that that's what this show is all about, too. Is helping people see no, the kingdom is can happen, and it, it is that close that we can experience that in our business as well. Jim, I'm curious because you don't come from you didn't you don't have the ministry background, right? You didn't go, you weren't the radical California atheist who turned pastor you've always kind of been in the marketplace. I'm curious to hear for you when that connection was formed or made, because I know the first time I even heard you was on stage and you were talking about your faith, Yeah, where that deep faith and abiding with Christ really came for you.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I, I came to the Lord, uh, in 1983, my wife and I actually, she wasn't my wife at the time. Um, but, uh, we, we got married actually, yeah, right around the time we were getting married. That's we were coming to the Lord. We were, Visiting churches, I was raised as a Catholic, so I had some religious background and everything that goes with that. I'll leave it. I'll leave it there. But uh, really, came to know the Lord in a personal way, personal way in '83, and at that point in time, I had already been out working uh, as an engineer for a large oil company for three years. And uh, and you know, when I really and I and I bought all in. I mean, I was like I couldn't I couldn't put the Bible down. I was just consumed with it. It was just it was like life. It was like breathing oxygen for the first time. And so, um, you know, from day one in in my walk with the Lord, it's been a full-time gig for me to love the Lord and just to be, you know, serious about the word, about prayer, about fellowship, talking to people about the Lord. But I never even considered, not for any, you know, serious amount of time, you know, going into quote, full-time ministry. I just, I, I feel like I was blessed to have a, to get a pretty holistic picture of the kingdom from from an early from an early day in, in my life in the lord and so i ended up becoming a uh, involved in the christian businessmen's outreach and was the chairman of that in Ventura for a while and we'd bring in these speakers like adolf Coors came in to speak to we'd invite these businessmen from all over all over the city to come have a lunch and just real kind of a light testimony like the guy we everybody would person would speak and talk about how they came to faith in the lord and then they, we would say, if anybody's interested in talking about this deeper, you know, let us know. And so I'd, I'd love to go follow up with guys in their offices and talk to them about the Lord. And, and, and it kind of grew into a, an understanding that, you know, it, it's you know we, we ask people in, in the evangelical world, we say, you know, if you, were, if you were to die tomorrow, do you know where you'll spend eternity? And I heard somebody say this, and it stuck about, you know, 20 some years ago. And he said, you know, that's really not the question people are asking what they're asking is, what happens if I live tomorrow? Can somebody please show me how to live? And, you know, the kingdom of God isn't you die and go to heaven. The kingdom of God, he actually is a real king, and and uh, the earth belongs to him, and he wants to see justice on the earth, not just righteousness and people die and go to heaven, but he actually wants to see redemption. You know, he he, he ordained work at the very beginning. Man needed to get redeemed to get back to work, in a sense, doing what Adam was Given to do from the beginning, which is to fill the earth with His ways and His goodness. So, I mean, we do that through the work of our hands, whatever it is. Whether you're a plumber, a housewife, or a hedge fund manager, or a a preacher and a pastor, because we need we need those folks too. But so I just I've had kind of a holistic approach. I've never really, uh, never really wrestled with the whole issue of like going into full time ministry versus I am in. If you're, if you're a child of God, if you're a son of God, a son of the kingdom, you're in full-time ministry. Whether you're doing it effectively or not is really what the issue becomes.
0: So. Uh, I, I was mistaken, by the way. We, have, we do have two preachers on the call, by the way. <laughs> so this is going to be an excellent uh... – <laughs> no, I really love that, Jim. And you know, we talk a lot about the kingdom here. It's the Kingdom Capitalist Show. And I love what you said there. Like the kingdom of God is, is near. The kingdom of God is now. Um, and you know, we spent, and I think it's that theology of that heaven is only for after we die that we really missed the real value of what we're talking about here today, which is work. And when we put the kingdom for another day, then that strips its value of, of, of how we experience God in his kingdom right now in, in our everyday life. So I just think that's a great
2: word. Um, yeah, he, he he said the, the kingdom. You know, uh, the kingdom is is at hand. He said the kingdom is within you. But but when 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 uh, uh, you know when he cast a demon out, he said he said he said the kingdom is is at hand. But he also when Zacchaeus. Uh, you know, when Zacchaeus simply became a not greedy man, he was became a generous man for being a greedy man. What was Jesus' response? He, he said, today, salvation has come to this household. So we, we don't understand what the kingdom is. The, the kingdom is not just when the power of God transacts. It's also when the ways of God transact. So if you can help someone to not, to, to not divorce their wife or to be nice to their kids or, or, or get healed from drinking, or you can change the way business is done. So from a, from a, from a greedy, you know, advantageous, taking advantage, explo- exploitational thing, and you can change that. Well, you're bringing the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God, the direction of the kingdom has always been from heaven to earth right? That's our prayer, that their kingdom would would be on earth as it is in heaven. At the, at the last, the last in, in Revelation 31, it says, the new Jerusalem, I saw the new Jerusalem coming from heaven to the earth. The direction, God's direction has always been to earth. So, you know, anybody who's, who's thinking they're, they're, the kingdom is really the afterlife, really, it needs to go read the Bible again, because it, it never says that. It does not say that. It's the exact opposite. The kingdom is is coming here, you know. Even at, even when it says, you know, it says Abraham lived as a stranger in the land of promise. You know, he was so where to, we, he confessed he was an alien and stranger in the earth. Well, that was true. He was an alien in the Promised Land. He was an alien in Israel before it was Israel, but it was a land that he would he would later inherit as his his land. And it's the same as Earth. We are here as aliens and strangers in the Earth, but it, this Earth is our Promised Land, and this kingdom is ultimately coming fully here. We're just here early.
0: Mm. Um, I love that we get to like excellent men of business who also are excellent men of the word and so um i i by the way i've never heard it put that way that the king the direction of the kingdom is from heaven to earth i think that was a uh, i really wanted to point that out but i want to get into this i want to get into kind of moving towards what you're doing now because first of all i think this like this new talk of the kingdom is helpful but man i want to put this into practice because you guys know this but i know you're you're doing this you're you're Um, you're acting on this. And so let's, let's get into this a little bit. I mean, I thought before the call, you guys were related and then I was mistaken. So why don't we start there? Like, how did you guys meet? And what's the story there Um, and how God brought you guys together and then to eventually starting Aspen?
1: You go ahead and share that, Jim. Yeah. So I can just jump in from my, from my end. So I, I went through uh, two, two significant train wrecks in my professional career. Once I jumped out of, when I first got saved again, I was an engineer and the Lord just turned on the entrepreneurship inside of me. And uh, I had to get out of the corporate world at that point in time. So I got my real estate license back in 86 and have been self-employed ever since. So that's, that's a pretty good run but I ended up getting involved in residential development in Southern California. So I was going to be the small developer, small fish in a large, very large pond. And and, um, so very short version is I got, I just got washed out twice, like lost everything plus some. And uh, both times it was related to the financial structure, the mortgage industry per se, and, uh, and, 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 involved with debt. And so so I ended up, uh, I found myself washed up in Kansas City, had moved my family out there at this point in time, by the way, five teenagers under the roof, and I was broke. I mean, I was. it was 2009, 10, and I'm trying to figure out what to do for a living at, you know, 55 years old. So, um, So I had a just kind of a divine encounter where the Lord literally showed me the business, you know, in a general sense. It's like, basically went something like this, that, that structure that has taken you down, look again. And there's a there's a window you can pass through and get on the other side of it. And that which took you down will be your recovery. And I just knew That's that that different. meant, I knew that that was the debt structure. I knew, I knew that I was going to get involved in distressed debt. And I was going to become the lender, not the borrower. So it's a little bit deeper than that, but that's a simple version. So I started going to, I went to a, a conference in 2010 about buying non-performing loans and, and uh, you know, around this time, I knew who Bob was because Bob had a marketplace ministry going and he, he would have these awesome events where he would get business people to come and so... Uh, I, you know, I'd kind of been in the periphery of his life and, and I knew who he was. I think he knew who I was, but we never really had sat down and chatted. Well, mm-hmm. 2011, I start building my business models for, buy you know, buying this debt. And again, I went and found a handful of investors. Bob ended up being one of them actually, um, you know, just on a very small scale to go do a beta test basically. And uh, the beta test was, it was confirmed what I really believe like this is going to work. This is really, this is really sweet. So so my next step was to go back to California, you know, put the suit on and go back and start, you know, go back with my tail between my legs, all the investors I'd lost money for before and say, this is it guys, this is, this is the comeback, you know? <laughs> so I'm all set to do that. Not really super excited about it, to be honest, but it's something I knew how to do and I had to do. Well, around that time, 2012, uh, you know, I get a text or a call from Bob and he says, hey, let's get coffee, I wanna find out, you know, what it is you, that you do and just get to know you, whatever. So it was a god setup. It was a complete setup. So we we met in the summer of 2012, and um, you know he he saw the model and he's a pretty smart guy, and he 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 caught on onto it right away. And uh, I'll let I'll let him you know kind of tell the segue portion of how we you know coming from his his uh, angle. But we ended up forming Aspen in late 2012 and decided. And here's the beauty of it for me. It was like, well, why don't you let me go raise the money and do the, the business end of this thing, you know, the, the, you know, set up systems and processes and you just go, you just go do the deals, you go find the deals and do them. And I'm like, at first, I'm a little offended because like, I'm just used to doing it all myself, you know, and not really doing that great of a job of it. But the part I love is the deals. And I'm like, dude, this is like, this could really be a gift. I mean, I get to do the part I have the most fun with. So anyway, I'll turn it over to Bob and let him tell from his end.
2: So, yeah, I mean, you know, our stories, honestly, you could write a book on these on these stories. In the fact, I did. I wrote one called Marketplace Christianity, became a bestseller. But uh, so I, I started after this business blew up, you know, 300 employees while well, it blew up in the tech wreck, the dot-com crash. And then I I basically started a ministry, Marketplace Ministry. And because I was so passionate about the marketplace and I gathered hundreds and thousands of of marketplace leaders, and we did conferences, and so that's where I where Jim had come to several of these conferences and so he knew who I, wa- I was I wasn't I knew who he was and uh, I was doing a conference on new business models and so I said i I had heard he was doing some of the mortgages that's super intriguing to me, so I said tell me about it and and when he told me about it, I about fell on my chair at that I've never heard anything like this this sounds too good to be true and 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 i was really looking for something to get back into the marketplace and to wet my beak again you know the ministry world is very cool but it's just it's just so different in so so many ways businesses is is, there's something just so clean about business it's just you know you go you go hire people and you raise money and you make money you serve customers and you go you scale and grow and it's just so it's just so satisfying and uh so I was looking for something and, and, uh, and I didn't want to do the stock market. I started a hedge fund that hadn't gone well. And, uh, and uh, so I was looking for something different and this sounded perfect to me. And uh, so I said, let's do a beta test because it sounded too good to be true. And I said, I don't, I don't want to raise any money from anybody until we go test this out. Well, he invested my IRA and it was pretty clear. We're going to do super well with this. And uh, so then, That's after the races, and you know my my skill is raising money. It's structure, it's systems, and so I became that, and he became the 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 kind of the chief investment officer. So it was just the two of us and his son part time when we started, you know. And we've just we've been steadily growing and scaling since then, and it's just such a blast. And honestly, it's a match made in heaven when you find the right partner. It is it is amazing. I can't tell you, but what our you know, we've been doing this for eight years now, and I can't, can't tell you how many times both of us, like, we feel a little off. We feel like something's off. We we dialogue, you know, several times a week, and he feels it too. And then, so it's like, now it's, well, we pray about it, we talk about it, and, you know, sometimes argue. But generally, honestly, I can't tell you how many times we sync up, and it's really this kind of, it's a God yoke, You know what I mean? Where, where, where you, you know, when all of a sudden the yoke where you were perfectly aligned, it's just, man, it's just straight ahead running rum. And I can't tell you how many, how many times we've avoided pitfalls and minefields we've, we've navigated, you know, difficulties, but we've also found these opportunities. We've been able to go out and get these opportunities, but boy, do we just get on the same page and, I, I, you know, I don't know what it's, I, you know, I I don't know how you find people like this when you find that perfect partner, you know, and, uh, but we really have, and, and the business reflects that. You what know? word
0: would you give, because we have a couple of folks in our mastermind, I just know in our community, who are Kingdom Capitalists, but maybe they're partnered up with folks who are not Kingdom minded, and it seems like this is a great match, um, but what about for those right now who are listening, who are maybe envious, right, of your partnership, but they are. I mean, they they maybe they have a good partner, but their partner's not a believer. I mean, it seems like you guys are able to connect on that level because there is the bond of Christ. Yeah. But would love to hear just as you're if you're if you're sitting down with you know one of these guys like yeah I mean we're growing our business but we're really not on the same page there in our faith and I want to take my business really more and do things for the kingdom but my other partner's not really there. What would you? I'd say? like to
1: take I'd like to take a, an initial crack at that, Bob and say, first of all, it's one thing to have non-believers, non-spirit led human beings working for you and working in your organization. It's another thing to be a partner with somebody. I, I would not, I I tell you, first of all, I would not be a partner with 99.5% of people that profess to be believers and followers of Christ. I've I've been there, done that. Don't even want the t-shirt. Um, and as far as being a partner where you're actually sharing in decision making, where your life and your family's life and the people that work for you, there, you know, there's consequences. I absolutely would not uh, advise a partnership. And I know there's people that have a differing and maybe even Bob has a differing opinion on that. But to me, it's like, again, it's because I don't have this baggage of these, these religious barriers. When I read in scripture that those who are being led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. It doesn't say in church services or in picking songs out of the hymnal. Being led by the Spirit of God in business for me was, I, I mean, I know I was supposed to go get coffee with Bob that day, you know, and, uh, and and he knows he was supposed to do this business with me and our wives prayed about it. And it was, it was a very clear leading of the Holy Spirit. And I mean, the Holy Spirit will lead us in whatever avenue of life, whatever, whatever level of decision-making um, you know, that you want to invite him into. So um, so being led by the Spirit, one, and then two, I, I, I don't think I, I I could not partner with somebody and share responsibility that didn't, that wasn't coming from the same place. And more than just being a Christian, I mean, really like-minded and and prophetically united so right
2: it's different being of the same faith but even being like-minded and honestly jim and i we're ministry partners now we both you know i just we're just exactly on the same page but and i i would totally agree with jim you know it really it really is your is your place in life there's a lot of times well you as an employee you've in essence partnered with your firm and they may be doing things you don't like, you don't, you don't agree with. And, and that's, you know, the Bible actually addresses that. You know, it says, slaves, obey your earthly masters and everything, and not just when their eye is on you, but as unto the Lord. And we're to give ourselves fully, even in those situations. But that's level one. Right. You know, I think level two is when you can actually do something that you, where you can create your own DNA, all right. And that's why I've, I, you know, actually won the Ernst and Young Entrepreneur of the Year Award in 2000. And I love entrepreneurialism and I encourage Christians to be entrepreneurs because at that point you can, you don't have to agree with somebody. You can basically do it the way you want to do it, the way you feel like God wants you to do it. Now there's certain you have to get permission to do that because you've got to raise money. You've got to really have your ducks in a row to do that. And you, you, you've got to have your faith. It's a very mature faith to do that, meaning practical faith. But then there's then there's there's what you just said, Ellis. There's another level, level three. And that is when you can actually partner with people that 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 share your values and including your faith. And that's rare. And now I started my, my, my big tech business and I took venture capital. Now this was just normal sector venture capital. Well, I had a real problem with that. I was like, I was like, this is God's deal. Can I do that? Can I take investment money? And I would say this. It's different seasons in life. It's really okay to have a business where the primary aim is, is, is to make money. And, and it's okay. Then you could take that money off the table at some point and go do something else, right? And so, so when you exit a business with money and skills and contacts, is that a loss? No, it's not. And so then what you do is you leverage that. So, so this was, this is not my, my first rodeo. This is my, this is my, my fourth rodeo. And at this point I, I brought enough skills and contacts and other things to the game where I, I, I didn't have to partner with people that I didn't agree with. You mm-hmm. follow me. So it's really okay. I, I would take all the pressure off people feeling like, you know, I'm partnered with the wrong guy. It's like, well, what's the purpose of this business? Hmm. You know, the purpose of this business is, one, to be a light to that guy, two, to be a great business, three, to get a lot of skills, exit with some skills, with some money, with some contacts, with some ability, with some market knowledge. And maybe there's there's another gig down the road right. where you have greater level of autonomy and value, you know, of DNA creation. You follow me? Yeah, so and just to, just to, all uh, pressure off. just enjoy the enjoy the journey at whatever stage you're at. Whether you're just a slave, you know, yeah. cleaning someone else's toilet, hey, God's there, you know. But if you can also be a CEO of your own gig, God's there too. Yeah, and just to clarify, you know, when I said
1: what I said about, you know, the the you know partnering with somebody who's who's not like not only a believer but like minded and very very focused there's a difference between building a company and doing a deal together. I mean, I would do it. There's people I would do a deal with where there's a beginning and end, a good written contract. And it's like Bob said, look, we're going to go in, we're going to do this deal. We're going to create some value for somebody. We're going to make some money and then probably go our separate ways or whatever. But we, we saw pretty early on, this is going to be, this is going to be a multi-generational company. And I just, that, that's, that's the distinction I would make there. So just to clarify that.
0: You know, it's really good. Well, um, let's, let's kind of make the transition into Aspen. Uh, one, I mean, with with the time we have left and talk about the problem you guys are solving. Um, and why don't we just start there? Like what, you know, we talked about what this is and kind of how Jim, you got into this, but I guess to, to be clear and then, you know, we can talk kind of how, who this is benefiting, but, um, What is the problem that Aspen or what would you say the problems uh, it is that Aspen is out to solve and who are you solving those for right now?
2: And I'll jump in there. I mean, it's really two, two major areas. We, we, we serve investors and we serve borrowers. So um, investors, you know, we started one of our income fund. a guy came to me and said, uh, Hey, I got a little settlement. I'm trying to, I've got, you know, 15 orphans that he'd literally adopted. And so I'm trying to pay for my family out of this little settlement. I need income. Can you help me? And I'm like, good luck, buddy. You know, and I've having been in the public markets, I understand how difficult income is. And I, and I went home and I thought, you know what, we could put together an income fund that would take care of this guy and give a super high yield and safe. And so we designed a structure for him and he became our first investor just an investor to this day now you know eight years later and we've literally taken care of orphans through this this is orphan money and you know I just I feel so good about that people don't think about taking care of investors but heck yes that's absolutely important and I take care of my investors and I think about them I pray for them I you know there it's a it's a it's a valuable valuable service so that's number one Number two, we take care of our borrowers. So we buy debt, we become a bank, we become your banker. And also you owe us the money, you, you write your monthly checks to us. And that gives us a lot of authority over these over these borrowers, right? So it's opportunity for us to really, you know, be, be, be kind to people, be respectful to people, to help people get ahead, to help people make good choices. And take care of people. So it's really both. So we we buy debt, we buy we buy troubled debt, and we work with the borrowers who who better than someone that, that has God's heart. And we also work with our investors and take care of. How are investors.
0: you guys able to do this at scale? I mean, because yeah, I get to you know you're you're buying someone's debt, but you guys are doing this at scale, so you're really able to to diversify for your mm-hmm. for your investors. Jim, well, and maybe that's, that's you, Jim, like where did that click or like, oh, we can actually do this at scale. How does well, that actually yeah. happen? So,
1: so you really touched on really the third area of service um, is, and I know Bob shares this, he just picked, he just picked the, the borrower at one end of our business model and the investor at the other, but really it's the people that are working for us. We have built a incredible team. Um, you know, three, two of my sons and one of Bob's sons Work work for us full time, and then a couple daughter in laws as well uh, of Bob's, and so, but other other folks that have that have become our family. So we're actually serving them too, because we've even created a flexible enough structure where we've got a you know mo- you know part time stay at home moms that are working. There are collectors. I mean, they're actually the people on the phone with borrowers, carrying our DNA to these borrowers and helping these borrowers solve a pretty. Significant problem in their life, and we're not the sugar daddy. We're not. We're not the, uh, you know, the glorified government program that's come to you know save the day. I mean, we we hold people accountable and we we qualify them. If they don't qualify, we we help them move on. You know, but it's solving problems on on many levels. And and so uh, you know, we we started the thing with just Bob and I running all the switches, and then my son working part time. And and Bob has scaled business before, so. Uh, you know, we saw from the beginning, this thing's got some legs, it can really grow. So I'll, I'll toss it back to Bob as far as, you know, making it scalable. But the, but the mechanics of the business model themselves, once we had that defined and we realized we could find opportunity out there, we could find the deal flow then the, the rest was just building the team and structure. So, that's
0: yeah, I mean, and that's what I'm curious about, Bob's like, how do you scale finding, you know, the debt you want to buy or the people, you know, I mean, it's one thing to find one deal, but you know, how do you put together a fund where you, you are enough deals to be able to start multiple funds?
2: It's a chicken and egg problem, right? You know, which came first, you know, well you need both. And so we scale the capital, then we, scale the deal flow then we scale the operation <laughs> then we scale the capital you know so it's just it's just that's all the the fun of it i just love doing that you know it's you bring on one more person you basically build a capital arm you build an acquisition team you build the you know so it's it's just it's you know it's very scalable at the end of the day it's finance it's banking really and so you know it's it is very scalable um you know, but it's it's a it's a blast to scale, and it yeah. does scale well.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, I, I'd like to pick up on that, Alice, because the, you know, we're, you, you know, we've been, not to get preachy again, but, you know, Jesus redeemed us, <clears throat> not so that we could just die and go to heaven, but Revelation says, and other places in the Scripture says, we've been redeemed to be kings and priests on this planet, doing real stuff. You know, he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords, not the Pastor of pastors, he's he's that too. But you know, um, the the point is, you know, we we have this uh, incredible venue called life to to uh, to learn to rule in. And so, what's a great way to learn how to make king type decisions? Well, you got to go find the deals. Whoa, I found more deals than we have money for. Well, then you got to go find the money. Whoa, we got money and deals. Now we need a team to work on. Well, let's go hire more people. And there's always risk. There's Very reward. It's, right. it, it's really learning to rule this is this is learning how That's to right. reign in life in a very practical and here's the thing I love about it as opposed maybe to being in the nonprofit profit world we you know I always like to say there's there's two institutions that don't really have a valid feedback system one is the government because the government can't know whether it's succeeding or failing because they have their revenue source captive it's called taxation you know so the, and then the church world, they have what they call the tithes and offerings. So people are going to, you know, pay those and 10% of their income, whatever. But you know what? When you get out in business, you have really immediate feedback as to whether you're successful or not. It's called <laughs> staying in business and producing. It's called profit and loss. <laughs> or, or laws. yeah. You know, or you know? bankruptcy, right? And, yeah. And, and yeah. And what better way to learn faith? What better mm. way to learn discipleship? What better mm. way to learn skills? Absolutely how to awesome. reign and rule we're going to run cities well how about starting with this little company of 20 people can you run that and you know what i'm
2: not that's despising so the day of small I be- i don't want to get too Modern day kings but, are in the marketplace that's you know right. we're, it's the, and it's a very kingly and we're being developed by by heaven to to rule and reign with him that's right. and it's through exercise of these of our kingly authority here on earth and bringing his heart in bringing his ways in learning skills I love that. I love that line.
0: Market day kings are in the marketplace. Market day queens are in the marketplace. You know, I'm thinking. I just put out a piece of content earlier this week, and you look back at. And this is maybe for those who are early in their entrepreneurial career. They 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 they're listening to this like, yes, I want to go and start a business. I want um, to rule and to reign in the marketplace. Um, I put out. You know, you look at First Timothy and the qualifications Paul gives to an elder of the church. You know, all of those qualifications are about the family. It's about love your wife. Make sure your kids are walking with Christ. Do not abuse alcohol. You know, it's so interesting. Like, what does that have to do with church, right? <laughs> like, what, uh, you know, what about the Torah? Or what about being a good preacher? And Paul says none of that. And it's exactly what you're talking about here. It's, can you be a good steward of the kingdom that God has placed in front of you? before he okay, gives you a right. bigger kingdom in order to steward in order to be king. that's right you know
2: you know at the end of the day luke 19 he he, he gave us this great parable he said right the, the 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 guy was going away the king was going away for a long time and then to return well what does that remind you of hello someone away he's going to return you know and so he entrusted his stuff to his servants and he said, what? He said, go do business until I return. And then for those in Luke 19, Ellis, who were successful, what did they get as a reward? Well, it wasn't money. It was More cities. Business. It was cities. They actually got authority to rule and reign with Christ at his return, to co-rule. So literally, you were the mayor of three or four cities you were the leader the governor of these cities with Christ as the as the as the, the chief of the earth and so what if that's real what if that's what if we're really going to rule and reign with him well then is he going to want to give you training sure if you had a son who was going to be real king one day was going to really would you want him to learn something would you want him to know something well sure what would you want him to know well leadership right maybe dealing with money maybe have yeah. to do with people and what, how do you get them all that? Jesus answered, do business. Mm. And so it is the training ground for reigning. It is the training for reigning. And, and I'll tell you, is that, and, and just to put a little fire under us, the, the definition of success, according to Jesus, was not maintaining, right? The guy that maintained, he says, I'll take the gold and I'm going to bury it. Do you know what he said? You wicked, lazy servant. That's what he said. I'm telling you, we're only successful if we multiply what he's what we've been given. We, we, each one of us has a very brief shot. It's called Planet Earth, and he he gave you gifts, he gives you talents, and you are to multiply everything he gave you, and that that includes everything. And this is our shot. This is you have no other opportunity to practice love, no other opportunity to demonstrate God's heart, no other opportunity to 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 gain in, influence for Christ this is it and those that so so faithfulness <laughs> is multiplication faithfulness is multiplication and if we're not multiplying we're not faithful
0: so many things are coming I mean, this is so excellent like this is everything what like when we think about a Kim capitalist is what we talk about um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm like lost for words at at how some of that really resonates uh, with I me. Encourage, I I encourage young people
2: to go get skills. I'm encouraged to go get degrees. I'm encouraged, encourage them to get big dreams. And to go for Christ, to, to gain influence, to be the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, the lending nations apart from none, to be the makers and the decision makers and to the, to, to the movie makers and the, you know, et cetera. And that's multiplication of everything that we've been given. And all the time, you're bringing God's heart in, you're, you're bringing God's value system in.
0: I think it's so massive because, you know, uh, I think, course i'm sure you get this response as well and a lot of people you know will say well ellis it's 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 n- it's not as easy for me to live for christ in my industry or you know you really can't do that in my business and to what you just said you know i think people it really resonates because um i guess my well, response the then, your response would would be them, is, you know the
2: best thing for you to do is take what you've been given and bury it
1: yeah,
2: right. <laughs> yeah. that, that's what you want to do is bury it and stand before God and yeah. see what he says. I mean, that the baloney, the answer... baloney right. Baloney. You're in the wrong industry, right? Yeah. I mean, if baloney, that's the case, you're, the, you're right in the industry, go, go where the darkest place is. I'm telling you, that's just such malarkey. Yeah. You know, I, it means the, that there's a lot of negative influences, which is all the more reason that we should be there. Mm. And, 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 and right. And it, and it means that go freaking change it. And and maybe you don't make a ton of headway. It doesn't matter. It doesn't. Bob, matter.
1: Bob isn't saying go start a meth lab. By the way, there there are boundaries. You know, <laughs> there,
2: there, there no, are. We are called to dark places, and and if there's if you're saying that it's hopelessness, and that's that's baloney. It's go bring God's value system in and maybe, and and honestly, we should change it by building new systems. You know, Hollywood is dark. Yeah. We, you know, reading about Weinstein abusing women and taking advantage of people and all this. Well, you know what, go start, you know, it's dark. Well, yeah, go start, go become the movie producers. And, mm-hmm. and that, by the way, is a 60 year journey, right. To go get the right degrees and network with the right, might money people and build the right and the right relationships with our producers and directors and talent, and and ultimately you will win if that's your goal for the for the rest of your life to to make godly redeeming movies and to change the whole culture of the industry. You're gonna have success. Now, Can I just I'm say something there. real
0: quick, Bob? Because I think what you just said is really powerful. Because I think, and I'm in this generation, the millennial generation, the Gen Z generation. What you said right there about let's take the movie industry, for example, your mindset has to be I'm out to solve a problem, I'm out exactly. to redeem a problem. And unfortunately, there's too much influence that says it's all about making money because what you just said, you may not make money for 30 or 40 years, not wow. significant money at least, right? And so that mindset, the
2: kingdom mindset, says, I am out to solve a problem. I'm you, out and you have to have a issue. long-term view. You're absolutely right. You have to say, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to be a reformer. I'm going to be a reformer for the next 60 years of my life, hardcore. Yeah. And and I'm going to have some successes. I'm going to have some failures. You know, I'm going to win battles. I'm going to lose battles. But I'm I'm going to grind this puppy out, you know, yeah. and I'm going to win. And and if we, you know, the truth is every, every, you know, it's working. The truth is it's you know, Christians are advancing. The kingdom value systems are are advancing and different, you know, different levels and different places, but, you know, we have to go after this. Yeah.
0: I want to ask a couple of investing questions um, to wrap our time up here. This has been excellent, by the way. I, I, I can't wait to re-listen to this show, um, but I got a couple of investing questions because I know a lot of our group are investors and they're going to want to know some different things about um, Aspen and, and I actually do personally just as an investor myself and leading a network of investors. Um, uh, who, first of all, who's this a good fit for? Your funds, your model. I know you say you work with investors, but ideally what are the goals or the, yeah, I mean the investor, tar- the investing targets that your typical clients have when investing in your funds?
2: We have really two, two strategies that we use. Two debt strategies. One is an income strategy, and one is a uh, is a uh, is a growth strategy. So our growth funds are producing returns, you know, um, let's say you know between twelve and twenty percent returns on the annual basis. So it's good growth, and there's a lot of advantages. And one of the funds has liquidity. And We have an income fund that has literally full liquidity. Every quarter, you can get your money out, and and um, and it it's it's just and it pays every month. On a you know about a eight and a half percent return cash, um, so it's hard to argue with that. Um, so both so, so both of
1: both of the funds that the investors are first of all the our funds are for accredited investors only, mm-hmm. and um, that's by regulation. That's not our decision. That's just the way the the regs work. But you know, so one of the funds the investors, it would be they really want cash flow. They're 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 wanting steady cash flow, well secured. Like my friend with the orphans. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. And then on the growth side of the business, that would be like more like comparable to fix, fix and flip with houses. You buy the house, it's distressed, you fix it up and you, you make it performing again. Well, we do that with loans and there's a timeline there. So it's not a, uh, it's not a monthly cash flow type of, uh, uh, of investment in general. How do you it's, get uh, your money back out of that? Yeah. So when we, when we, when we unwind, uh, you know, we'll go buy a portfolio of loans with the investment capital that we raise. And when we do the workouts, as we exit those loans, we begin paying back the, uh, the investment capital. And then ends up being a three,
2: three to three and a half year time frame. Right. Yeah.
0: What's yeah. the most tax efficient way to invest in these funds? Is it, IRA, is it self-directed? Is it just cash? I mean, how do most people know? Are there penalties to invest a certain way?
2: It's actually, we're, it's super beneficial for IRA investors. Um, we actually don't, even though we... We borrow money the way the structure is is funded. We don't have what's called the uh, the uh, UBIT uh, tax. So, you know, some IRA investments can get you tax tax liability. This does not do it and because of a very unique structure we have. Um, so, it's super tax efficient inside an IRA. It's also super tax efficient outside an IRA because we buy a loan, when we exit that loan, it's capital gains. And so a lot of our loans are long-term capital gains. So we up probably about 70, 80% of the income that people earn ends up being long-term cap gains, which is as good as you can get. That's Super excellent. tax efficient. That's
0: excellent. Um, guys, I got I got one question for you. Um, just as a young man who's in the you know a promise career and I'm building, you know, our, I'm I'm creating capital and building wealth. And I know a lot there's a lot of other young folks who are listening to this show. And they're thinking about wealth building and creating capital. Uh, Just personally, if you wouldn't mind answering this question, in the last 30 years, where have, and I I guess I'm asking this question in the frame of, you're talking to someone who's maybe under 30 years old, right? And they're thinking about creating a legacy and building wealth over the long term. um, Where has most of your wealth been made? I mean, has it, and when we're talking kind of a business, you know, this is a business question. I mean, is it, is it from your business? Is it in the stock market? Is it in real estate? Because mm-hmm. there's so much noise out there right now about, oh, we should be investing in this or the stock market or real estate or your own business. And so what, I guess, to answer that question, what perspective would you give? Where have you really focused or doubled down um, over the, you know, you're 30. I don't want to even push to I don't quite remember how long you've been in business, but let's say 20 to 40 years. It's more than business.
1: that. <laughs> so I'll just, I'll go first because for me, it's real simple. Uh, I, I would almost say 100% of my wealth has been realized in the business that I'm working in. Hmm. So, uh, you know, you'll hear people say the best place to invest initially is in your own, is in yourself and in your own business. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, not not to take away from anybody who's a passive investor at that point. Obviously, I and mean, we love passive investors. That's what we have in our funds. But for me personally, it's the hands-on, it's, it's Aspen Funds. Our business is where my wealth is is, is being created. I'll let Bob answer
0: And You you started over at 55 too, right? That's, I right. Mean, you that's know, right. You know, you had to do something different. Yeah, it's really interesting.
2: I would say first and foremost, invest in your education. And, and invest in your career. Um, so get a good degree. I can't tell you how many doors is, it were open because of my degree, at, you know, Berkeley computer science degree. Get, get a good education, you know. And there's a lot of people that are anti-education today. I'm not one of them. And the truth is, you know, we hire, we hire finance majors and we, we look at those things. We look at GPAs, get an education, invest in it. And invest in your career, meaning get, get certifications, get the skill sets, learn how to do things, whatever it is. Learn how to be great, really, really great at whatever you do. And because and that stuff you'll always take with you, right? The job could evaporate. But if you know how to raise money or build pro formas or know how to pick stocks or know how to hire people or know whatever you do, right? And you're really, really good at it. Guess what? You're going to have opportunities. Your opportunities are are always limited by your skill set. And so go and get skills, invest in your career, invest in your skills. And then what happens when you're, you know, 30, 40, 50, 60 years old, you have crazy levels of skills and crazy levels of opportunities that come with that and ability to capitalize on those things. But ultimately, most wealth comes from building businesses. So but you but you don't start there, right? You know, you as a two-year-old, you don't start building your business. You got to go get some get some put some things in the backpack first, right? And so it's okay to build your build your kit, you know, before before you go launch on your truck. And- I think
0: I love that and I am so I, I was hoping that's kind of how you would answer that question. I didn't know by the way, we didn't talk about this question beforehand, but that is true and we talk about this all the time like you are your number one asset you are um, and it is to be invested in early and i, I mean it's coming from two guys who have been in business for decades they're saying the same thing and the investment and in, you make and today those kind of
2: investments you'll never lose the, yeah. your your stock will never go down right Yeah. so that's the thing keep putting into your career your skill set yeah Learn something, every, every job you take, you should think, how much can I maximize to get out of this in terms of skills gained? Mm. And, you know, how much, how can I maximize, you know, uh, your personal growth in this, including character growth, including just everything. And, and, and in, in 30, 40 years, you'll just be top of, the, top of the world, top of the game, whatever your game is, it just doesn't matter, pick. Yes.
0: Gentlemen, I have... Uh, Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this time together. Um, I, I just love your passion for Christ and your love for the marketplace. It, it really is exciting and kind of exhilarating to be on this, this, time, this call with you today. So really grateful. Where can our audience go um, to learn more about Aspen? And if, they, if you want to give your personal contact or how to maybe get in touch with you individually and in talking through some of these things, uh, feel free to give that as well.
2: AspenFunds.us, and both Jim and I are there. Awesome. Jim, anything you want to add before we get off here?
1: No, no, that's it. Just uh, just put a little message in there when you if you go to the website, just leave a little a little note that says, "Hey, heard you on the on Ellis's show and would like to talk or whatever," and we'll we'll make sure we're not that big of a company. You're not going to get lost in the shuffle. So
0: yeah, these are good guys. I'm really glad to be connected with them. Uh, Everyone, thank you so much. If you're enjoying this show, uh, I remind you again go leave us a five star review. Leave us a written review. I love seeing those. I read all of those. It helps me know exactly what you're enjoying and why you're enjoying it. Um, And then screenshot this and post it on LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, Facebook, wherever it is that you do social media, and help us get this message out um, and really helping our generation um see that we can really worship god through our work that there is a place for kingdom-minded men and women inside the marketplace so thanks again we'll see you next week hey i hope you enjoyed this show today if you want to learn more about our community you're going to want to visit us at kingdomcapitalist.co there you can find info on our private mastermind and even subscribe to our newsletter to get updates on new shows And last but not least, land opportunities to get private trainings and coaching calls with the guests of this show. If you're enjoying this show, please take a minute to leave us a five-star review and also share this with a friend. We'll see you next time.